My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Greetings from Augusta, Georgia. We're going to talk all things Masters, but first this absolutely spectacular Masters special wrap-up edition of Shack House. Recorded Sunday night after Sergio Garcia's thrilling win is brought to you by Callaway Golf, makers of the number one irons in golf. You know, he didn't win, House, but Thomas Peters put on an amazing show playing those Apex Utility irons. Actually, he had the Pro 16 irons, three through nine, and he hits a two iron still. Gosh, he's good. Apex they were utility. lasers, Shaq. Yeah, they were lasers. I know. I thought he was going to do it there on the back nine, make a run. Apex Utility, two iron in his bag. Of course, he's got the Mac Daddy wedges. He's awesome. We talked about him for months. We're going to talk about him a little more because I think he could have won this tournament with a little bit of better course management. But he's young. Uh, He's amazing talent. So good for Thomas. But anyway, that's what makes him the number one irons in golf. Guys like him playing the innovative face cup technology. Now, everybody, during April, get to a participating retailer and face off against the number one irons in golf. That's right. And for a limited time, you can receive a 50% trade-in bonus towards select models when you trade in your old irons. You can also enter for a chance to win your number one golf getaway trip for two to Pebble Beach, Bandon Dunes, Pinehurst number two, the Broadmoor, or Sea Island. So just go visit CallawayGolf.com slash number one, that's the number, actual one, irons sweepstakes to learn more. All right, friends, you know that buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better, simpler way to buy. That's with SeatGeek, the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With its seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. You know that I'm a two taps kind of guy. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. It is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and to get the most bang for your buck. 
SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I am a SeatGeek devotee when it comes to my Washington Nationals. It is the only thing that I use to get tickets to that because of this outstanding price comparison and deal finding. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence if it, and it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. Best of all, Shack House listeners get $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get the rebate, all you have to do, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. That's $23. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. And now let's go to the Shack House. All right, House, greetings from the podcast soundproof room here in the beautiful press building at Augusta National. I am about 40, 50 feet from the interview room. I just sat in Sergio Garcia's awesome post-round interview. How about that, Masters? It was a beauty, huh? Yeah, we're going to have lots to talk about, but first I have to ask you, are you crying? Is there a tear on your face? I mean, this is your last night in the pod center, your last full day in the beautiful, and we're just going to call it the press palace. It's not appropriate to call it anything else. I mean, how are you feeling? How are your emotions? Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad to uh, have this work environment and to leave it behind for uh, <laughs> what awaits down the road. It is such an amazing place. and they well, just, well, Yeah, welcome yeah. back to reality. Yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty bleak, so... They, uh, they, and, and, you know, they, of course, they're already wanting to know what they can do to make it better, which is amazing. And I made notes and we will, and, uh, it's phenomenal. But this place is amazing that way. And, uh, uh, it just, uh, when you're here at the golf course for 16 and a half hours, I have to say it's very nice to be surrounded by, uh, by wood and, uh, Georgia peach ice cream sandwiches. And, uh, this year, the, the having the waiters and waitresses was really way, way uncomfortable for a lot of the press. I'll be, I'll be frank, <laughs> <laughs> but they were awesome people, awesome week, and uh, so it makes us, our our job fun. But when we have a great tournament, the buzz in the room, it doesn't matter what we're working in. If we have Bolivian wormwood or uh, whatever they do for us, it really all still comes down to the people who cover the the, the tournament and the press. Love a great finish, and it was so fun today listening to the roars in the press center. There are roars in the press center. There is cheering, and uh, why not? I mean, when you have the players we had and you had the scenarios we had going in, and it was starting to look a little like, eh, which of these great scenarios is going to happen? You know, the golf course is there for the taking, and then eventually it kind of crystallized, and, and we got two guys who who you really think, are people who should win the Masters going at it, and and I think that's all we could uh, we could all really care about and dream up, and and uh, we got a great show, didn't we? So it felt like to me the big theme as I had a you know a little bit of time here to think about it this Sunday evening. The big theme to me is Sergio redeemed. Yeah, I mean the funny thing is we have known him for so long, and yet he's still a pretty young guy. He's yeah. still in his what is he thirty seven? 
36 well, you, or 37. You're going to ask me those kinds of hard questions. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. really. He's not even 40 yet. Let's just put it that I'll way. Look right? It up. He's yeah. not. He's not quite in the in the twilight of his career. But because we've known him for 20 years now, it feels like. Um, you know, there, there's a, a, a standing um, narrative that applies to, to Sergio. And some of that started coming out immediately after his uh, drive on 10 and then the second shot that found the bottom of oh, the bush. Yeah. Every, all, all the Twitterati were out, you know, coming out of the woodwork. Here we go with the Sergio collapse. Um, and that, that uh, narrative he put right on its butt um, through, the, through the balance of the back nine, which was an incredible testament to his perseverance this week. A lot of folks keep talking about him being engaged and him having found his yeah, true yeah. love and what a stabilizing and centering kind of impact um, that that has had on him. But he, to his tremendous credit, did not falter. He took advantage of every opportunity that was presented to him, even under the bleakest of circumstances. So, you know, he hit, obviously 13 was an incredible moment. Um, right. Not just not just because of the recovery, but because there were two different um, elements to the relief that he took. And, you know, there was some question, did the ball move, pine needles, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, he, he hit a shot uh, with his second shot that put him in exactly perfect shape to save par. And it just felt like, look, if he saves par here and Rose does not get up and down for birdie, this this might be game on again. Yeah, no. At that point, well, we were all there were a lot. There were there were the usual groans and the and and the here we go again. We've been through this before, uh, and it, it did have that that vibe. And that was a that was an incredible moment. Uh, you know, I was watching that on the Amen Corner live coverage, which was was uh, far superior to what CBS was doing on the thirteenth hole because on the tee shots you had the you had the pro tracer. And he's taken that line off 13 all week, which is so fascinating in the press conference house. Of course, you know, Sergio, like you said, we've known him forever. You were right. He's 37. We've known him. And he's boyish looking still in a way, even though his, his stubble is kind of turning gray. And we know him for this hard draw he hits. And he, in the press, press conference, has had, you know, his chances of winning here, in his view, really actually got worse because as he's gotten older, he's shifted to a fade. So 13, he plays this crazy cut tries to play it over the pines and on amen corner you can see the 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 tracer of course cbs uh, takes a rain check on that and 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 by the way house i did a little research uh actually i, I ran into somebody <laughs> and i asked the question it may not all be cbs's fault maybe the club rules but i don't know uh, I, i'm still gonna look into that but so we well, saw look, that let me and, let me do de- derail you for just one okay. second because derail, we do want to talk hell? about i do want to talk about the broadcast so let's just set aside the fact what you're referencing is the fact oh, that yes. the cbs broadcast did not have any pro tracer whatsoever correct and it had the effect of making the shot on 13 us consuming the broadcast by way of just regular old broadcast tv had to to suffer through um cbs finding the ball right on, his, on this on the broadcast as opposed right. to you watching it on we knew Amen corner you knew yeah. immediately. Anyway, we knew so once that, it landed. The, yeah, once yeah. it landed, the tracer showed you, and the and and Grant Boone and Billy Ray Brown, the announcers, knew right right then. CBS was a little behind on that because they didn't have the tracer, and the cameraman had to locate the ball, and they did. So, um, so yeah, so that, and then the drop. 
the ball did move uh, when, when he went and pulled a little uh, pine needle behind it. Whether it you want to call it a move or an oscillate, um, the committee decided an oscillate. I sent a, an email to the Steve Ethan, who's in charge of the press, and they tested. They they had clearly looked at it. They knew they knew people were talking about it, and uh, and then he then he goes and makes par, and that, and then I think the other. The other thing on that hole that was fascinating, Justin Rose putted, and again, on Amen Corner Live, Billy Ray Brown was questioning that call, and I was too, because earlier in the day, House, when I, what I do before the final round is I, I, I go out on the golf course and I kind of have a, a little path I take so I can see every pin on the course, but I don't really walk all 18 holes in order. And so when I was on 13, Brendan Steele was almost where, somewhere between Rose, where Rose was and John Rahm, who chipped in earlier, and Brandon Seal put it in the creek, and it was so fast. And so Billy Ray was questioning Rose putting. He hit an unbelievable putt, and then he missed the comebacker. So that switch to go from Rose looking like four, Sergio looking like at least six, uh, to both of them making five, I think was really the uh, turning point in the round. That, that that had to give Sergio that feeling of, uh, I can do this. And it was fascinating, too, House, in the press conference after he talked about it, he just he just wasn't nervous today. He felt good driving the course. It just it, He just felt something. He, you know, and of course, we had to, somebody had to ask the Seve question. He said, you know, maybe Seve was there with me. and But there was he said there was something different, uh, something unusual in the way he just had that inner calmness. And, uh, and, and thank God. I mean, House. He, 74 starts in majors before he got his first major win, the most of any player in the history of the game. So let's do this. Let's do yeah. some historical context. That's yeah. the, the perfect lead-in. That's right. The most uh, by, by quite a bit. I believe he also has the most uh, top 10s um, in the majors, you know, previously without one. Yeah. Yep. And that, and that put him at the top of the list as <laughs> well in lot. that category, didn't it? That's a lot of top 10s. Yeah. A without lot of a success major. in the yeah. majors. Yeah. Uh, he also had uh, – he's the first player to earn uh, his first major win at 37 or older since O'Meara, which was in 98. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – yeah, in fact, the uh, Tom Kite had uh, 19. So his 22 had passed Tom Kite in the, the top 10 uh, ranking. Phil had uh, yep. 17. Phil Mickelson had 17 before he got his uh, – or when he got his first win, and, and he, he uh, also joined some some very esteemed company in the winning the low am and winning the tournament, right? Uh, that's only, right. Only four. That's right. Only four yeah. or five guys. I know Tiger is one. Crenshaw is one. Nick Nicholas is one. I don't remember who. The yeah, other. very good. That's a great one. Uh, and then of course he just overcame. So his issues with Augusta were uh, he he shifted to a fade. He's uh. He he's had a lot of issues <laughs> with the place. Uh, more in more recent years, one of them was the way they they grow the fairway. In fact, didn't we talk about this on the pop up or on the preview? The way they grow the fairways towards the tees uh, as a digger of the ball, as somebody who goes down hard at and takes a big divot. Uh, he he, of course, only Sergio could take that as not. Augusta National trying to slow down the roll of the ball. <laughs> he took the old Sergio took that personally that that was them you know trying to mess with him. Of course it wasn't. Uh, it's them trying to slow the ball down. So he's had all these different things he's kind of had to overcome here. Um, although as he said afterwards, the patrons, the fans have been amazing to him here always. 
And uh, and again today, and he even said, you know, it's just it's just a place here in the Open Championship. He doesn't get the hecklers. Um, so that's the one positive he had certainly on his side. Uh, and I just wrote a piece about the golf course, kind of an assessment for the week. And House, like all the other great winners, he had one three-putt for the week. And here's somebody who's not a great putter. One three-putt so on these greens that, is so that was, good. It is so that astounding. Real, <laughs> that was the real turn of events. And I want to talk more about the golf course because really, as always, it's always appropriate. Um, and, and for whatever reason, it always delivers this way. The golf course was the star of the show. Uh, and we'll be able to talk a little bit um, about the setup today. I loved where the pin was on 17, for instance, and I loved, you know, how accessible the course was for guys that, that had control of the game. But it also punished guys today who did not have control of the game. Guys like Jordan Spieth, maybe, who was, you know, uh, out there with his with his guns blazing. But I did want to take a quick second um, to, to, to pick up on this three putt thing. So only yeah. one for Sergio shockingly the part the thing that really um catapulted him into uh you know contention with rose was rose missing a bunch of makeable putts that we don't normally see rose miss his miss on two was a bad miss his miss on 11 where where he could have gone up by three shots was not a great miss yeah his miss on 13 was shocking uh you know he, he had a bunch of really short misses that were like out of character um, for what we, I think, kind of came to expect, Rose properly has earned the the sort of respect and, and mantle of being something of a closer. He was the one that showed the nervousness around those short putts in a way that I think we came to kind of came to expect out of Sergio. And then Sergio's made putt on 13, I think, was the thing that really charged him. It was a supercharged moment because his approach on 14, I had three goosebump moments. On on the second nine, see how you got that right? Yeah, second very nine. nice. You're getting your terminology yeah. just in time yeah. for the week to end. Yeah, <laughs> now, now the week's over. I got it right. <laughs> Sergio's approach on fourteen was a goosebump moment because it was like holy s word. Yeah. I'm not going to drop it on a Sunday no, night. Yeah, uh, this is game on. And then he validated that with his performance really on the entirety of 15. But when that putt rolled in on 15, that was a stand-up moment. I was I was up on my feet. And then we had Rose roll in that putt on 16, which was a, such a ball buster. It was yeah. fantastic. Another get-up moment, another goosebump moment. So by the, I'm telling you, we're doing this show... I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm exhausted right now from the emotion of the day. I'm exhausted from the weekend. And I'm exhausted by the outstanding uh, play of those two guys down the stretch. But that's great. That's what we want in the Masters. We want it to be that kind of emotional up and down uh, melodrama and, and the beauty of the place and the, and the demons that the guys are dealing with. And uh, I have to – I mean, I think this one will – uh, really held up well over time because of the fact that that we, I, it could have been one of those sort of last person not to crash situations, and I, I'm happy that it emerged as these two or that two players emerged because I, I, a lot of us thought it could be a, a kind of a four way uh, playoff situation there with those last four and that they would duel, and so I like that these two kind of uh, pulled ahead of the pack and. And it's just, I, I guess the only thing that would be unsatisfying is I hate sudden death playoffs. I wish they had an aggregate playoff. Of course, common sense would tell you they should play 11, 12, and 13. 
but uh, that's not going to happen because it gets dark down there faster on that part of the course. But other than that, um, which I now kind of regret not asking the chairman on Wednesday at his press conference if they still are open to an aggregate playoff. They're not. They're the only major now that doesn't do a three-hole uh, playoff. I so, like sudden death. Really? Masters never change, Masters. Never change. Okay, this year it worked because those two were playing together and it was just a continuation, but somebody finishes an hour before and I don't know. It's just it no, just I seems mean, it odd that works. you do this whole thing and then you decide no. it by one bad drive by Justin Rose costs him. All and, the playoffs of the of recent um vintage have been Mano and Mano, Cabrera, Scott, uh, Bubba and Louie. Those are that's 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 the brilliance of of the way the playoff is is yeah. played at the Masters. And we want an outcome Sunday night. We don't, you know. Now I know the aggregate um, could be finished, but you know we were bumping up against the end of daylight um, as, oh, it, yeah. as it approaches oh, the yeah. evening. So yeah. you know you don't want to risk that. Um, the sudden death makes it a little bit more likely that you'll be able to get it over with. Well, that it does. Uh, and there were many people who had uh, secured tea times in the lottery in the press center who were, were starting to look at the uh, the sunset time. And, and those two were slow. By the way, they were almost two holes behind at one point. That was not good. That was that was, that was poor. Well, no, we're not going to um, put them on the clock, right? We're watching the no. broadcast. We're enjoying the broadcast. The no. drama was high. I have a very quick follow-up on something you mentioned in terms of the support that you detected Sergio had. He, he has, in some weird way, gone from heel to fan favorite. Um, and I want to get your your experience of that inside the press center. How did you generally find, uh, well, both inside and outside, how did you find people's support for Sergio? Oh, everybody in the press center want, wanted him to win, I think, because it's uh, they root for the story. They don't really root for the person. And it's an amazing, I think everybody uh, here, uh, the, the people who've been doing this a while did not want to write another Sergio Garcia Blewett story, and that's why you heard groans when he when he hit the tee shot on thirteen and the, and the shot on ten, and and it was sort of the here we go again thing. It's it's uh, it's a depressing story to write when somebody's that good. Uh, you know, when you think about his career, there was one little window there for about six months where he basically shut it down and and needed to get away, but his consistency is really kind of breathtaking. His The consistency of his ball striking and just his game in general and through some times where the putting was was really poor. And I think that's something where you, you also have uh, empathy for the player and want to see him do well. And and uh, and then you throw, of course, you throw in it's Seve's 60, it would have been Seve's 60th birthday. Uh, Sergio seems like somebody who should do well here. Uh, he gets the text from Jose Maria Olathabal on Wednesday night who's supporting him and wants to share his locker with him when he wins a green jacket and because his, he, his locker is currently is just him. And yeah, little stuff like that where um, you just uh, you feel like it's the, the, the Masters, it seems like, last year it didn't happen, but so often the stars align. And this is one of those moments that, uh, you know, maybe his one win won't resonate with uh, the, 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 the sports world because uh, he, his name's been around, but, you, you know, he's kind of been close. But to the golf world, it's, uh, it's, I think it's an incredibly satisfying outcome to see him win and, and not have to see him be the best player who hasn't won a major 
uh, mentioned anymore. I think that's a that's a wonderful thing to to move yeah. on. Yeah, from well, we, I, it's I, enough of that. Yeah, I, mean, I will tell you, it was incredibly satisfying for me uh, at thirty to one. Um, that was a pretty satisfying. Did victory. you bet now, on Sergio? Oh, I did. Yes, oh, I did. Oh, nice. So he covered your. So you had both rows because you did. You yes. take my pick. Okay. I did. I did. I. You know, by the time I got around to submitting. Uh, to allocating a little capital, the news of DJ's um, uh, withdrawal yeah. had arrived. Well, not as we didn't know his his withdrawal because I put these in Wednesday afternoon. Um, but the injury had me enough. walk away yeah. from. Yeah, that was it. I I didn't yeah. touch DJ. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit more of of your pick and how successful that was, and some of my successes as well. But I'm interested. You just mentioned something. Uh, you know, uh, Sergio is no longer wearing the mantle of best player to have not won a major. It's an interesting question. Who do you think is that guy now? Well, I look at it based on record, and I think Lee Westwood then fits that um, that description just because of, again, how many times he's been in contention in majors, how talented he is. Which telecast was it today? I've listened to a lot of them. But uh, they threw out that Lee Westwood actually has, if you go by the Colin Montgomery standard has some a case to be a hall of famer without a major so uh i think he's the one and um well that's weird yeah i I have not not lee westwood because the only major that he seems to play well in um consistently is the masters you know he's kind of all over the consistently yes he's had some moments on the others right of course of course including the open the open championship he's had moments but but to me, um, it was a hard question. I was thinking about this a little bit before we jumped on here. It's a bunch of young guys. Like I think the best player to not have won a major at the moment is is Hideki Matsuyama, who had a, a, a great round, a great final round today. Uh, and then in close, you know, follow up is, is none other than than um, Mr. Orange Pants, of course. Yeah. Um, and and then you know two 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 debutantes. <laughs> are also c- crazy, I, but but I don't see how you could talk about best players at the moment without including Thomas Peters and John Rahm, um, especially with with the performances. Rahm fell down a little bit today, but he was he was he's learning the golf course, uh, and Peters was incandescent twice. He was incandescent on Thursday and incandescent again today. Um, but both of those guys feel like they have majors in in their 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 near future. Um, but Ricky and Matsuyama, to me, are kind of the two best at this stage to have not won. Well, a lot of people want to mention Ricky, and I just think it's the sample size is, again, not not great enough. Maybe it's trending in that direction, but I don't think it's great enough to to, to put him on the level of some of the people who've, who've played so many majors and had opportunities and... Um, and I and I don't even like to pick on them that much because that means they're they're really good that they contended in majors. They just aren't. They just sometimes they weren't lucky and sometimes they weren't great. Uh, J- Justin Rose was somebody who was kicked around that way a little bit until he won at Marion, and uh, I, I think this loss is going to be really tough for him because you know why I liked him coming into the event. He had really built the whole year around this. And to get this close and to not make some of those putts that you mentioned. It's interesting, the putt on 18, he was shocked at. And uh, I'm a little – that's the only one that – you mentioned many of them. And and these greens are so tough that that's the only one that bothered me and that it surprised him that he missed it because this morning, about 400 hours ago on Morning Drive, I was on with uh, Trevor Immelman. 
And we talked about the last two holes, and we talked specifically about that hole location, knowing it would be there. And Trevor said, uh, we, 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 we know players through the years misread that putt. They think it's going to break left. It doesn't. And there was, there was Justin Rose um, 12 hours later or whatever it was watching that putt just shocked that it did not break left down the down the hill. So that was the only one that I was I was really truly uh, mystified by that he had. but again of course it's the last hole of a major and he's just going to react anyway because it, it was so close from his vantage yeah. point it may have also just been from his vantage point he, he thought it was a perfect putt and it, and it wasn't so well it, on on broadcast TV it looked like it was going to fall in the most curious thing to me and I don't there's probably a better word than curious for this is that Rose lost the tournament on 17 um, he yeah, hit the yeah. ball in the bunker, his approach shot in the bunker. And I don't know if that was a club selection issue or a contact issue, but he, he was killing the golf ball all week long. I mean, his ball striking was the thing you, you mentioned him building to this tournament. His ball striking is his strength. That was part of the beautiful thing of watching um, he and, and Sergio go head to head, two tremendous drivers of the ball, two right. tremendous, you know, ball strikers. It was a, a, a joy to watch, but uh his driver betrayed him by a hair on 17. And then whatever the thing was that caused him to be short, it looked like he took a little bit of a long, a wrong line also um, in ending up in that bunker. But that's the same bunker that DJ was in last year. And DJ bogeyed away his chance of kind of forcing himself into a playoff with um, Danny Willett. So, you know, if you're in that, that last handful of groups and you're in that bunker on 17, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. Now, he did also miss a putt you know rose had a putt to make par on 17 there yeah um that would would have probably closed the door um but you know it was to me that he, he the the tournament was was lost on 17 as opposed to the putt on 18 no i think that's a great point uh he he definitely started hitting the ball a little bit shorter after that that wince on 15 where cbs started to show the replay of the wince and then <laughs> and never got to it and then went, went to some random footage and then commercial. They did show when they came back. It was kind of one of many moments they had that, that weren't so hot. But um, House, the thing that was interesting on on that shot on the, and the bunker shot, I had just talked to a couple of players, and one of the things they said this year, the bunkers actually were real hazards. And uh, so they made them a little fluffier. Now, it may have been partly the wind, but it sure looked to me like very rarely did you see a ball get a great lie in the sand. And I think that was maybe the club fighting back a little bit because the bunkers had gotten so pristine. So I think the bunker shot was good. It was just uh, it's one of those you just don't want to put it past the hole and because that putt, at three or four feet is much more wicked than the 10 footer uphill. And um, so once again, 17, it was a little different hole location, but played a huge part. And uh, that's, I, I assume that's the one that he'll, he'll uh, kick himself on, but I, uh, the 18th tee shot in the playoffs is going to really hurt him too. Cause that was, boy, he did not hit many shots like that all week that I saw. Uh, no, that's true. That was a that was just a flat out miss. Before we leave those two, uh, I just wanted because for my story, I just have some stats in front of me. I just wanted to throw out for the people who are already thinking about next year. <laughs> um, but once again, and this was the point of my piece for Golf Week, I, I covered a lot of things about the course. But once again, yes, it was nice to hit the ball a long way, um, but it still came down to greens and regulation, hitting a lot of greens. And not three putting, that great lag putting. Because Sergio and Rose both hit 54 of 72 greens. They were tied for second. Only Paul Casey was better. 
who also played a really nice final round. Uh, but interestingly, neither Sergio or Rose was that great in proximity. They were solid, but uh, Rose was 18th and, and Sergio 28th. Uh, solid, but nothing special. And um, so it really came down to that that lag putting and uh, and hitting a lot of those greens. And so that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, and, and historically, that those are the stats that iron play is forgotten there. It is not really appreciated how important it is because people see so much on putting and distance. So just something well, to fill a food for thought for next year. That's a great lead-in for this observation that I wanted to make which is when you look at this leaderboard, um, it is very different from what we've been seeing on leaderboards in tournaments leading up to this moment. Different in one distinct way, which is there's a lot of old dudes on this yeah. leaderboard. Yeah. I mean, it, and by old, I don't mean age-wise, a lot of guys with a buttload of experience under their belts. Um, you know, the, obviously Garcia and Rose, Charles Schwartzel uh, alone in third, Kucher in fourth, tied with up-and-comer Peters, who we love and and you anticipated could be incandescent. Um, but then you have Paul Casey, another guy that you liked at the beginning of this week, Roy McElroy, Adam Scott, Ryan Moore, Hideki Matsuyama. I mean, this is a killer list of guys that have been around the hole, around the hoop, you know, for quite a while. Uh, and then Ricky and, and and Jordan, you know, both fell off today. Um, wow. it, it, yeah. it seemed like the day. combination of those two together might have done them a disservice. Is Fowler shot plus four and Jordan shot plus three. Uh, but Keimer, Stricker, Pat Perez, Fred yep. Couples. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> Lee Westwood. That's an amazing list of guys with, with just, you know, the combined number of rounds at the Masters yeah. of that list of top 20 guys. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a, if it, it's a thousand, but it wouldn't shock me if it was or if it exceeded a thousand. Well, I think, well, obviously, we know local knowledge is such a big part of it. One of the interesting things, though, House, about the first two days of the wind, I think it neutralized a little bit of the the, the Bombers' uh, advantage, and that brought some of the older guys in. And then, again, you just have a golf course that requires so much patience, and there are so many intricacies, and trying to read the greens, trying to deal with these these hole locations, and, and the pressure of the place, and playing in front of these huge galleries. So it's not a surprise. History has shown that it, it does uh, reward those old guys. Um, and so, and, and I think we also just have to be careful on so much of this hype of the the young players. And I mean, here everybody was, Karen Krause in the New York Times asked Sergio if he was at all motivated by all the John Rom hype talk, which I thought was a great question because... You have to wonder if somebody like him, who has played so well in so many majors and played Augusta so much, is rolling his eyes a little bit at all these people declaring him uh, a likely winner when it's his first time there. And there's so much about the place here that you have to to learn. And uh, he didn't really say that. He was just said he was happy for, for all the attention he got and for Spain and all that good stuff. But I have to think that somewhere da- deep down, it was a little bit of a nice little jolt to to, to see well, look, all that no 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 doubt no doubt and uh, it was it was a wonderful um experience watching both him and peters i really enjoyed watching those those the debutantes as it will and again i'm i'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back i did have peters a little action on peters's top debutante six to one odds really um, nice I didn't, well i didn't i didn't touch Ooh. i didn't touch rom rom's odds were too low 
Hey friends, let's take a quick moment to hear a word from our good pals at Callaway Golf, the fastest growing golf ball brand since 2013. Another Masters is in the books and this year was once again filled with incredible play. We saw our good pal, Thomas Peters, rolling in birdies all week long, including a hot streak here this Sunday. Holes number 12, 13, 14, 15. Thomas Peters rolling in birdies with a beautiful chrome soft golf ball. It is long, it is incredibly soft, and it is unbelievably easy to control. Golfers everywhere have been changing their ball to play it. Now through June, friends, Callaway will customize your chrome soft for free. If I might make a suggestion, why don't you put something nice on your ball like Shackers? Chrome soft is the ball that changed the ball. All right, so let's talk about this broadcast. Uh, let's lay out a few of the issues we have. <laughs> um, uh, so we have we have CBS on the weekend. We had ESPN the first two days, and then as we've talked about on this show, and I and and you know, I, I'm a big fan of Masters.com coverage, which is using a lot of CBS production, but is uh, all only available online. And on their apps and on uh, Apple TVs and devices like that for the first time this year. So, House, where would you like to start with uh, the broadcast today? Well, th- th- this this might surprise you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a lot more generous okay. about the broadcast than you might have anticipated. And the reason for that is because of something we've talked about um, on each of the two previous pods about this Masters Week, which is the the real. Um, uh, emphasis that the Masters has put on its uh, over-the-top product, the 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 you know online product, the streamable product, right, and all the advantages that it seems to have heaped on to that product, and left the broadcast TV folks to sort of fend for themselves. In many respects, the broadcast TV broadcast is the exact same one we've been watching for twenty years, right? Which I think is kind of, you know. At, at this stage of the game, we've seen so much of, of the pro tracer technology and the whole um, overlay, and you can watch ball, balls fly. We mentioned earlier on 13 the how disconcerting it was that the broadcast didn't capture where Sergio's ball went right away. Um, but you uh, observed, you caught it immediately. And anybody that was watching the Amen Corner broadcast on Masters.com was able to enjoy it right away. And the same is true of the Apple streamable and whatever the DirecTV Amen Corner broadcast was as well. It seems to have been a deliberate decision by the Masters, the folks that run the Masters, to have you know saved the really cherished, forward-thinking, innovative um, tech content for its own um purposes and benefit and left the broadcast TV folks to fend for themselves. That's my observation. I don't know if it's true or not. Well, and what I learned on my way down here for the show is that uh, we should probably not be too hard on CBS because they may be dealing with some rules and regulations from the club. And so I think that it's really imperative going forward if for some reason they are prohibited from using certain things on the broadcast, the main broadcast that are being used on this supplemental coverage, that has to change. It's just, um, you know, CBS, I get it. It's a big picture story they're telling. What happened, though, this year, House, is that they didn't tell the full story. They're usually um, 
very good at that. You know, we can have our quibbles with certain things they do, but usually nothing ever gets by them. And what really concerns me this year is that some things got by them. And I'll give you an example. And I was I was very personally uh, adamant about this one. Saturday, uh, Jordan Spieth, I'm watching him on Amen Corner Live, and you hear the discussion where where he just blurts out. I mean, absolutely an unbelievable moment. Uh, what would Arnie do, Mike? And he, you could tell by the tone it was they had been having a disagreement about him going for the green and two on the pine straw, playing with Phil Mickelson, Mr. Pine Straw going for the green on 13. And he throws this line out, and he admits after the round, he's glowing when we're asking him about this after the roundhouse. He's loving this story. And and a couple of people, of course, said, look, oh, I, I don't want to be cynical, but he did that to for because for, he knew the mics were on. Oh, baloney. Yeah, he, he's worried. He's dealing with his caddy. It's a wee situation, as we know. So anyway, he brought out this great line. Grant Boone on a, uh, Amen Corner Live incorporates it into the call. Epic shot going for the green and two. Carries a creek. And CBS never shows the shot with the audio. And I went into the, the the digital people's office here and I said, hey, you do know about this conversation. And they were running around and they didn't. And so they tweeted it. And of course, it went nuts on social and, and partly because Spieth had shown such uh, enjoyment. He was excited that we heard that he had heard said that. He did not intend for it to, to be heard in some ploy. So my point is... This moment, had Spieth gone on to win the tournament, would have been the signature moment of the tournament, and CBS did not show it. And so then it didn't make Sports Center House. It didn't make Live From on the Golf Channel. And so their job is to tell the full story, and they didn't in that case, and that's really, really bad. And then it happened again today. I mean, they finally at one point acknowledged the situation with Sergio where Amen Corner Live again. Had a great shot where you see him pull the needle out from the ball, and the ball kind of either oscillates or actually moves. And Grant Boone saw that in real time live, said, and of course he prefaced it, you know, I don't, don't want to jump to a conclusion, but that may need to be reviewed. And it took forever for CBS to even acknowledge that that was going on. I got a comment from Steve Ethan of the of the club who confirmed they had reviewed it and determined that was the case that it wasn't a penalty. So. That's what worries me as much as the tech bells and whistles that they they are missing some of the storytelling elements and and I think that uh, it's not all their fault because there is a there is a luxury with Amen Corner Live and the 15th 16th hole coverage that allows for kind of a, a, an unfettered uh, coverage whereas Lance Barrow and the CBS team have commercial breaks they got drive chip and putt promos to get in they have this and that um, and so that still is a a different issue, but well, I anyway. I would like to submit a, a gentle plea, yeah, that there be some kind of uh, you know program master sitting on top who is you know a, capable of mon- ma- monitoring and maintaining what's going on with the broadcast. Uh, well, TV the club broadcast. has that here; they have that here. The only question yeah, well, was was <clears> that. Whoever's doing that, watching Amen Corner live too. <laughs> well, that, that's yeah. that, that's the point, though, right? Yeah, and and yeah. The, I also my gentle plea and request. It's a little bit startling to watch golf and not have any pro tracer whatsoever. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, it's I, uh, unacceptable. We 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 know 
um, generally how the T-balls are going to behave on these holes. And and because we're so familiar with the course. Yes. And the TV broadcast does a good job of immediately giving us a read on the direction of the ball. Um, you know, but it, it requires us to listen to the announcers telling us because we can't see it with our own eyes. All we can do is see the, the swing and then see the ball land and the, it'll either land in the fairway or not. Um, and the only way we, we have any sense of where it might be going is by the, the announcers. So please, you, the technology exists. They demonstrate, they, they use it to beautiful effect on, wow. on masters.com. It wasn't just pretty letting you know right at the moment stuff with the tee shot. They The best thing, they'd then go back and they'd compare the two players, tee balls and the apex and the ball speed and all that. And they wouldn't prolong it. They didn't They didn't drag it out. It was just, uh, it was just well, even that. A, you know, it even was, the thing solid. you pointed out during the week, um, you know, there were a couple instances where they showed where ball tee balls landed, and then from those places where players made right. birdies, where the players made bogeys. Chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. We don't have to have that, you know, throughout the broadcast on Sunday, but it would be neat to see that a couple times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, it, I mean, amazing technology. It was amazing how consistently it worked. Funny enough, House, it only went out for about uh, two groups uh, on Saturday, and I, I, it, it turns out apparently Rory McIlroy unplugged it. Uh, I don't know if it, the, the the thing on 11T was making a noise he didn't like, but he actually left the tee, went and unplugged it, hit his tee shot, and <laughs> had to go plug something back in. So uh, someday we'll find out what that was about from him. Uh, it wasn't because – I don't think it was because he didn't want his data shared. Uh, he, he likes that. He's into all that. So – that's I, I'm sure it was just a, making a buzzing noise or something. But anyway, it was captivating to watch. It was more informative. It was a little bit ahead of the broadcast. And so it, it's going to be very interesting. The, the, the good news is, House, we kind of have a template now. We see what golf and the, the future on TV can look like if it's if it's done this way. And the, 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 the numbers and the passion for it certainly suggests people are are really uh, are really into it. And. They've uh, they've just done something. I think. I mean, they've been doing this for a few years, but they. I, I really feel like they took it up a, a few notches this year with this, and yeah. uh, and also social media getting highlights out really well. That's why you know when I told them about the Jordan situation, they they you know got right on it and they did a great job, and um, because that was just the kind of thing you want social media for, and that's to share. Right. Well, so look, that was we're, sensational. Um, we're I'm excited um, to see. Uh, speaking of this innovation and forward thinking, what Fox has in store for the U.S. Open, and that's our our next major. We're not going to leave this beautiful magical week at Augusta though without first patting ourselves on the back a little bit, Jeff Shaq. Well, yeah, we just did a little mention a few of these people. I. I, I I think so. I mean, Peters, I cooled on because of the course management at the match play, and I do believe that his course management still has uh, room to improve. But he's clearly an amazing talent, and this was a place you just had to know would be great for him. So I'm, I hope we had some people who got something out of uh, maybe in their pools with him. Um, I love your. I didn't know you made that six to one. Wager, that's a wonderful one. What else did you? Uh, what else you want to pat yourself on the back about? <laughs> well, look, you gave out Paul Casey, which was wonderful. Um, he was making a hard charge today, so you hope so that, that some folks had him in the pool. Also, I just want to talk about a couple things that I put out, and I put these out Wednesday afternoon. And look, as always, 
future perform, you know, past performance is not indicative of future results. So everybody to, you know, proceed with all due caution. But this is the second consecutive Masters that I've given out the winner. The winner has been given out. And not only did I give out uh, the winner, but Shaq gave out Rose as his pick for the week on Monday. So, you know, couple, just a little couple pats on the back. Yeah. But I had the two things that I'm, I'm a little proud of. My really dumb make the cut parlay, six way parlay of, <laughs> of Rory, Jordan Spieth, Ricky, Sergio, Bill Haas, and Soren Kiltson paid Ooh. out a nice 11 to five. I offer that up to our, to all of the consumers of the Shack House. Two full units on that six way parlay paid out 11 to five. That's kind of delicious. I mean, come on, you know, that's a nice way to get into the weekend that, that double in your money right out of the box. And then the only other thing, you know, I had a couple, I gave out some top tens, uh, both uh, Rose obviously hit uh, and, uh, and, and Kucha also hit. I had a top 20. The only one uh, that's top 20 is because Kelton had a bad day today. Yeah. Uh, Russell Henley uh, landed in there. But, you know, we had we had both. I had Rose and Sergio as my long shot plays of the week because, you know, the strategy always is try start looking at 25 to one and then try and find guys that you that, that feel like they're, they're in form. They've shown you something coming in into the uh, Masters. And so I'm 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 happy about that. That's a strategy for the Masters. And we you know, for one every once in a while we get them right. And it's it's nice uh, when when it happens. Uh, now, I think, House, we we also have to discuss something that I noticed in the in the telecast that was um, I, this is really a profound moment in, the, in in really in the modern history of the game I I think it's safe to say we can declare the white belt is dead <laughs> now John Ron Moore won he did not have a good attire day I, I gotta be honest the red the what do you have the green hat with the red shirt and the white belt. He, this is just, he was, was doing a Christmas Spain thing. thing. Sergio, it was a Spain thing. Sergio Spain on the thing. other hand, same same company, Adidas, looked great. I thought I, I thought liked he looked that. marvelous. I liked his outfit, the dark green. I did too. I was he was. I liked. I thought both Rose and Sergio were dressed like guys who you're going to put a green jacket yeah. on. I cannot say the same for 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 one guy, and I Ricky? tweeted it out. Yeah, I mean. Oh. Yeah, but and no white belt. Point, no white belt, but uh, it's true. It's true. But, but like, at what point in his career, you, you that between the hat and 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 the pants, he's never going to put on a green jacket dressed no, like that. No, I mean, because we know, we know, we know, history has allowed a few people to win the green jacket without less than stellar outfits that match the color scheme of the club and the jacket. You know, Ben Crenshaw had that blue and white Hawaiian shirt in '95, and uh, but but more often than not, don't you think a player should dress assuming that they're going to be pairing it with the jacket? And I thought that's Sergio, what I like. Yeah, Sergio did it. Rose did it. I didn't feel it with Jordan Spieth today. I don't know what he was going for there today. Well, it was the, the same. It was the same color scheme as when he won uh, two years ago. Except no, he had white pants then. So uh, he also no white belt today, uh, which was nice. But uh, Ricky, wow, that was uh, that was an unusual. A uh, bit of scripting there. It it, it just uh, it didn't happen for, for for me, and I don't <laughs> I don't think for a lot of people. Peters went all black. I thought that yeah, was, I like that. Um, it works. That's safe, you know. With he the has jacket. the game for all black. He has the game for all yeah. black. He's six yeah. five. I mean that that's um, how you do it. So I think that uh, we we learned a valuable lesson though. It was it was Casey Rom and Jason Duffner, the last man on the planet who should be wearing a white belt. Uh, with wow. 
his uh, his gut is is growing, and the white belt just uh, <laughs> really brings it out. And then you know there is the other trend. I, I texted Marty Hackle, the uh, fashion director at Golf Digest, because uh, 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 he's a white belt hater. And and I said, Marty, I I think I think it's dead. I think I mean every guy who had even a off color belt uh, went another another way. But uh, yeah, and Marty wrote back. They all they all look like they work at an auto parts store. I don't think he's a fan of the new striped uh, phase shirt thing. Um, so that was uh, and because this is a big fashion week, you know, you get these people work very hard to get these guys looking right for the so they feel good when they're out there at, at the Masters and that they're going to wear something that pairs with the uh, with the jacket. And so we got to we have to uh, we have to note these things. And I'm sorry, but it uh, it appears uh, the white is white is a goner. Well, I, I know that I um, have taken out of my rotation. I know that they yes, all will yes, thrill I'm very you. pleased to hear that. That was yeah, a, that was a yeah, nice you, re- uh, revelation. Uh, you age shamed me into it. Let's wrap this up with a little shack house housekeeping. We've got contests house. Remind me here. So we have our epic driver review that's closed out on iTunes now. By the time people are listening to this show, so we've gonna, yeah. we're going to announce that winner on the Twitter this week. Definitely. Thanks, everybody, for for all the submissions. There were some awesome reviews in there. And then we also have our Odyssey putter giveaway, uh, which is uh, also uh, wrapping, right? Yeah, it's going to, I think, till uh, tomorrow morning. Um, but by the time folks hear this, it will have been wrapped. And you're supposed to submit in the Callaway community in their giveaway page the year that Arnie won his third Masters. Right. If you got that right, um, we're going to select... From randomly, or select randomly, however, whatever the pr- proper contest speak is for that, um, there's going to be a random winner out of that. Okay, great. Well, we sure thank everybody for putting in all those great reviews. I thank everybody for the uh, the Shack House shout outs here. They were they were whispered a little bit more house at Augusta because you don't really want to yell things here. That's proper. Um, That's yeah, proper. it's wise. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Stuart Hagestad, the mid-amateur, that's who I was going to mention to you. Uh, he had a group of buddies that got a little loud up at the clubhouse. And, of course, everybody cringes and waits for the guards to come out of the, <laughs> out of the woodwork. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for those Shack House uh, shout-outs. Uh, they were a little louder in the merchandise center house because you could be as loud nice. as you want in there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks to all those uh, the great people who uh, said hello and said all the nice things for uh, about the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, it's always neat when the people at the excuse me the patrons at the Augusta National. Go. I'm oh man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm my jargon house. I've, I just as I'm getting used to it, it's it's all over for another year, and I'm very sad about that because it is my favorite tournament in the United States and and in the world, and it, it lived up to the billing this year. It's really sweet uh, when it does, and uh, makes you feel good about the game. We've got a, we got a few little issues to work out, but when the game is at its best at Augusta, it's still uh, a lot of fun to watch, and hopefully a big audience of non-golfers tuned in, too. Um, so another great Masters in the books. We look forward to reconnecting with everybody in a couple of weeks. Going to take a little bit of break, let Shaq sleep for for three or four days. We'll announce winners of the Twitter of the uh, putter and driver on the Twitter, and uh, reconnect soon with yet another Shaq. Hey, 
everybody. One last word to close out the show from Odyssey Golf, the number one putter in golf and the number one putter on tour. You know all about the micro hinge. It's the latest and greatest innovation from the number one putter in golf. This insert is engineered to promote immediate topspin on the ball, reducing skid, and improving accuracy on the greens for all golfers. The new micro hinge insert is a new way to roll. Get out to your local golf shop and experience it for yourself. I love it. I got in the bag, and I got a new putter cover for it that is coming home with me from Augusta, Georgia. We hope you enjoyed another magical week at Augusta. Thanks so much for listening to the this episode is brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes as a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike kingdom of the planet of the apes enter the kingdom in imax on may 10th and in theaters everywhere get tickets now